Our online vacation Bible school starts today. So if you haven't done so already, you can go to the website listed there, or you can click the link in the description below, perhaps after you watch this video, and it'll take you to a place where you can download this packet if you haven't received one already, or if you haven't already downloaded it. This packet includes a bunch of different things that you might want. It includes just kind of an overview sheet as to an explanation for how this Vacation Bible School is going to go. Also a supply list, different things like that. So it, it would be good to at least take a look at that uh, if, you, uh, if you want to participate in the VBS. The first video is going to be up today at 2 o'clock and all the other days until Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they're going to be up at 10 o'clock in the morning. That way, if you and your family can get together at a, at a different time than maybe some other family, that's whenever it'll work for you. So you can get together, watch the video as a family, and work through the activities, do all that together. Remember, the theme is Brick Building with Jesus, and it has everything to do with building one another up and what Jesus means and what he should mean in our everyday lives. Make sure you participate. Remember, it starts at 2 p.m. today. The gospel stands alone for all who will its glory hear. The victory of our Lord shall call the Till the world with boldness for salvation find. 
mountains prison for he has risen for he has risen witness paul went out and brought the lost world in elder john would write the words we think and then since the years have come and then they've gone their way all the ages listen as the people say he has risen
the Savior, risen like Him in that day, forgiven of all sin, forgiven of all sin, to conquer death's sin, to conquer death's sin. notice that there are certain practices or maybe habits, you might call them, that some Christians do and other Christians don't necessarily do, and that's okay. For example, when we look at the book of Acts, we find out that the Apostle Paul, among other people from the early church, they would very frequently go on a Saturday to the Jewish synagogue and read scriptures with the Jews who gathered there. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not really something that I typically do, and that's okay. But you know, there's also some other things that we read about in the scriptures that we can't just kind of take it or leave it and just you know pick and choose which things that we want to believe or which things we want to do. There's actually several things like that. This morning, I wanna focus on one of those. I wanna remind you of one of them, and that is the truth about the gospel. Let's take a look at that together from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Let's look at this wonderful truth about the gospel message. The Apostle Paul, he writes, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you were saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now that's what Paul wrote, and let's take a little bit closer look at this truth together, and let's see some things about it. For starters, he calls this the gospel message, and if you wanna know what the gospel is, you kinda of have really a definition right here. We find out that this definition in verses three and four, it has to do with Jesus, how he died, how he was buried and how he raised. All of those things were done according to how the scripture said they would be done. Now, the way Paul writes about this in verse one, he says that this is the gospel that he preaches. That's pretty important. Guess what? We still preach the same gospel. He also says, he says, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. See, the gospel message is one of these foundational truths that we have to believe. This is something that we have to share in common. We must believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That is just so important. Because whenever you really think about it, if Jesus didn't die and was buried and raised up from the dead, then what is our faith on? What is our hope rested in? We don't really have much of a foundation to stand on if you take the gospel message away. By the way, the gospel, the word gospel, is mentioned dozens of times in the Bible. I want to share with you a couple of them, though, because you find it all throughout the, the New Testament. Going back to Matthew's gospel, the very first book in the New Testament, we read in Matthew 4, 23, we find out that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Now, at first, it, you might just read and, and say, well, I didn't hear the word gospel in there, but you actually did. 
Because the word gospel, it means good news. And we find out that Jesus, early in his ministry, he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And then if you fast forward to the very last few pages of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 6, we read this from, from what John experienced. He said, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. When you look at that, from the very first few pages of the New Testament, in the very last few pages of the New Testament, we find the gospel is there. And all throughout it, you find dozens of examples about the gospel. This passage here in 1 Corinthians 15 is one of those examples that even gives us that definition of what the gospel is. Many times when our faith is spoken about and, and how it is a foundation on which we must rest is that gospel, this gospel that we've been looking at. We find out that our faith is, is many times described, at least in the Greek, with the term the faith. Now, in English, a lot of times it's just translated as faith. So we don't have many times in our translations where it comes across as the faith. But in the Greek, it actually reads the faith whenever it talks about our faith that we share in common. That's because, you know, there really is only one faith. There really is only one truth. There really is only one gospel that we can rest assured on. And this is the gospel that Paul preached, the gospel that the, that the Corinthians received and the gospel on which we take our stand. Well, how can we rest assured that this gospel message is true? Well, we can do that for many different reasons, one of which, of course, is that, that God himself wrote it. But you know, God is not the only one who tells us about the gospel message. We find out that there were many in the early church who were witnesses of this. Let's look at their testimony together. Now, looking at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 5 through 10, we find out about this testimony that the early church gives us to the gospel. So after Paul has just described the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus as the gospel message, he tells us in verse 5 what happened. And that he, that is Christ, appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So now in this passage, Paul turns his attention to this testimony. We have the testimony of God, most certainly, and it is powerful. But we also have the testimony of these witnesses who were able to, to see what Jesus did and that he most certainly did raise up from the dead. We find out some of these very familiar people, such as Cephas, you know, Simon Peter. We also find out that the 12 were among this group. But notice in verse 6, this is some of this example that Jesus left us with to, to show that we have plenty of evidence to point toward this gospel message is true. We see in verse 6 that Jesus actually appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. And if that weren't enough, what Paul says is while he was writing this, he says, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep, you know, some have died, but most of them are still living. You know what that means? 
That means that the Corinthians, if they wanted to know whether or not those 500, you know, really did see Jesus at the same time, well, most of them were still living. They could just find out. They could ask them. It was not a secret that these people saw Jesus raised up from the dead. That's something powerful. That is something that is so important with the gospel message and that gives us hope in our lives as well. So we see that Jesus left the church with all of those examples. But we also see something else about Jesus. He cares so much about us as an individual. Now we can turn our attention to the apostle Paul himself who wrote this passage. And he talks about himself as being in verses nine through uh, nine and 10 actually. We see that he says that he's the least of the apostles. He doesn't even deserve to be called an apostle because he persecuted the church. You know, that's how he felt. But verse 10 tells us something wonderful. Verse 10 tells us that by the grace of God, I am what I am. Isn't God's grace wonderful? We most certainly just have to recognize how great the grace of God is. The apostle Paul was living every day of his life, resting assured of this grace and, and living in it every day. That's what we need to do too. We need to recognize that sometimes great things will happen in our lives. Sometimes not so great things might happen in our lives. But guess what? By God's grace, we are what we are. And he cares about us. He cared so much about Paul that, you know, Paul's story is a little different. You know, go back to the book of Acts in Acts chapter 9 or, or other times in that book whenever he talks about his, his coming to Christianity. That shows you how much God, that shows you how much Jesus cared for Paul. He cares very deeply about each and every single one of us. And we've been given this testimony. We can rest assured about this, the truth of the gospel, because of the testimony that we've been left with. But even more than that, we ourselves have to continue to teach this. And that's what Paul's going to turn his attention to now in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This time, verses 11 and 12. Let's look at what Paul says. He says, whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you have believed. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? When you look at this passage, especially verse 11, we find out about this, this teaching, this wonderful teaching. The words that Paul uses here is he says, this is what we preach. What is it that we preach? We preach the gospel. We preach the truth, which goes back to the very beginning of where we started, remember? About how the truth is the gospel message. We've got to be teaching that truth today. We also have to be believing on that truth. And this isn't just something that, you know, we have done in times past. It's something that, yes, we have to believe it at one point, but we have to continue to believe it. Rest assured in the, the truth that it gives us. And we have to continue to preach it. We have to continue to teach this message. And we see that one of the things that Paul is going to deal with, and we're not going to get into great detail about this here, but in verse 12, apparently some people were going around and preaching that Christ had been raised from the dead. But then they also were saying, or at least questioning, that there is no resurrection of the dead. And Paul will continue to, to talk about that. And he says, no, you've misunderstood this. Christ was raised from the dead. We will all be raised up from the dead too. So much of what we have come to believe rests on Jesus and him raising from the dead. When you skip on down now to verse 20, 
you find out this wonderful statement, this true statement of faith that is what we need to be teaching today. The Apostle Paul picks back up and in verse 20, he says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. We can rest assured of that. And because Jesus has raised up from the dead, we can also rest assured that we ourselves will be raised up from the dead as well. This has to do with that teaching. So keep in mind how wonderful it is to remember the gospel message. This is something we must all believe. This is something we must all put our faith in, put our hope in, put our trust in. We must continue to teach this true message. It's based on a wonderful testimony of God and the early church, and we got to be teaching it today. Are you actively proclaiming the message that is the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection? If you're not already, why not start today? I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press for the upward call of God. I run for the crown, I race for the prize, I press for the upward call of God. I fight with all my might to keep on living for the Christ. I know there is a glorious end inside. The crown of life, the crown of victory I shall wear. So I sing the song of triumph till I'm there. I run for the crown. I race for the prize. I press for the upward call of God. Upward call of God.